Oren B. Andy G. How's mate, it going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good. We're in the same room or we garage. Are. I mean, you're <laughs> you're in your office. I'm in your garage. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit weird, actually, isn't it? <laughs> it is a bit strange because I can see you, and we're not watching video. There's no delay now. Yep, being in close quarters. Yeah. First time a, in a while. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, we were doing a bit of a jam sesh. Uh, you got the guitar, I got the piano, and a couple of the um, harmonicas and a bit of a jam earlier. I thought, how cool would it be this time to actually get the guitar out, because you've got it strapped around your shoulders right now, and I've got the keyboard in front of me. How about we do the jingle live? Why not, mate? Should we give it a whirl? We'll do it live! <laughs> All right, here we go. A one, two... A one, two, three, four. A treaty guy, a radio guy, two best mates chatting on the fly. We're musos, we're dads, we're completely the same. We'll yarn about anything, it's all fair game. One hits nails, and one nails hits. We'll review good beers, and just shoot the shit. We're R&B, and Andy G. And this is Tradio, Tradio. That was okay for a live attempt. Um, I'll be honest with you, that was our second attempt at it. Yep. Well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, the first attempt uh, we didn't want to use. Yeah. So this is our first attempt. Have a listen. <laughs> One hits nails, and one nails hits, we'll review good beers and just shoot. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and this is Tradio, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I kind of screwed that up, that was my fault. I didn't get the lyrics wrong, but I got the words in the wrong place. Neither of us sound that good on that one, so it was a... Uh... It was a crash course in how to not to do a song. So. Exactly. Uh, kia ora to our Tradio podcast listeners in Alabama. So Alabama has just joined the party. Uh, <laughs> on top of Pennsylvania, yeah. California, Kansas, Kentucky and Minnesota in the USA. We've got Ontario, Canada. We've got the UK, Queensland, Western Australia, Northern Territory, uh, plus our own Kiwi legends in New Zealand. Actually, I just want to say hello to Julia and Papamoa, who um, absolutely loves the podcast, got in touch. She said she loves the fact that we, well... We, we, we have a filter in some respects, but we don't have a lot of a filter. We do swear occasionally, and she loves that. There's no there's no boundaries in some respects. Uh, she found yeah. us on Spotify, so we, uh, we, thanks so much. We do try to keep it fan, family friendly, you know. Well, of course we do. We I, do. I heard that your kids have listened to the first two episodes. Yep. Yeah, the kids have listened, and they've said, Dad, <laughs> we heard you say a bad word. Yeah. But luch- luckily it was only twice, so... Yeah, and even your your son said... In fact, it's words we've heard before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dad might have slipped up from time to time. Yeah. Um, interesting that uh, we've had quite a bit of feedback already on the first couple of episodes of the podcast, which is actually really good feedback, which is better than we expected, if I'm honest. But um, one of the comments made was, can you break down the jingle? Yeah, the jingle's an interesting thing, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. It sort of grew from nothing and... Turned into what it is now. It did. Uh, in the first episode, we actually break it down in the way of um, how it came about, but what do the words actually mean? So have a listen. This is the first line. A tradie guy, a radio guy. So a tradie guy and a radio guy. Yeah. There's an obvious reason why that's the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the tradie guy. I've, uh, I'm actually a tradesman engineer. That's a bit special. 
Bit special, yeah, yeah, bit special. But I've actually branched out now. I'm going into the building sector, so yeah. I'm sort of doing all kinds of things. You know, as they say, a uh, jack of all trades, master and none. But we'll <laughs> see how we get on. And of course, a radio guy. Well, that's self-explanatory. Been in radio for 23 years. Here is the second line. Two best mates chatting on the fly. So it is pretty self-explanatory. We're two best mates, and we just love chatting about whatever on the fly as it comes to us. Yeah, yeah, well, it's fun. It's funny, eh? It started out as us just doing basically like a podcast but not recording it. So we used to just yeah. chat all the time about all kinds of stuff, and then we thought one day, you know what, let's just let's just throw it down and see how it comes out. Let's do that. We're musos, we're dads, we're completely the same. We're musos, we're dads, we're completely the same is because we're musos. Musos is a, a bit of a New Zealand slang word for musicians. It's pretty cool, though, that we can both, you know, we both play instruments. I've, I've played quite a few gigs and bits and pieces yeah. and Andy's done a lot of musical stuff and been in radio for a really really long time and uh, I guess the two of us just came together and clicked and found that we could jam together play music mm. together and have a good laugh and a sing so it's, yeah. it's awesome I mean it's, it's it's actually a hard thing in life to find someone that you can actually connect with so well and and play music with yeah well this is it i mean we're dads self-explanatory we're completely the same this is all the stuff we have in common which we'll address a bit later here's the next line we'll yarn about anything it's all fair game so we'll yarn about anything it's all fair game which yeah of course i mean we'll yarn about anything within reason of course because you don't want to upset anyone that's the last (laughs) thing you want to do Yeah, you know, it's all above board. Exactly, it's above board, but everything we talk about is fair game. It's stuff that we do want to talk about and share with you, and hopefully, you know, you can go on the journey with us, and you feel like you're in the room as part of the conversation. Here's the next line: one hits nails and one nails hits. So this is interesting: one hits nails and one nails hits. Obviously, you being the <laughs> tradie slash builder, you hit a lot of nails. Yep, I've lost count. How many times have you missed the nail and hit your thumb? Lots. <laughs> and there's a few. Yeah. My, my son thinks I've said a few bad words on this podcast. You mm-hmm. should hear it when I hit my thumb or my little finger or whatever with a with a hammer. Or maybe you've, <laughs> you've invented a few new swear words, mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, so, yeah, one hits nails and one nails hits. So this one is a bit of a, a radio reference, if you like, because when I'm on the radio, I'm playing those hits. I am nailing those hits. Yeah, I'm yeah. hitting that button. I'm nailing yeah. that button that plays those hits. Here's the next one. We'll review good beers. So we'll review good beers. Uh, it depends what it says on the back of the label because I am. I confess that I'm not very good at reviewing beers. You know how they taste. That's the main thing. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like, what's in them? My taste buds don't tell me. Well, they don't separate the different ingredients in a beer. <laughs> Well, that's up to the pros, mate. We're just the we're, we're the amateurs. Yeah, exactly. You can say, you know what? Go down to your local booze shop and buy this beer because it's really nice. Yep. Or this one, you know, it's not so good. I wouldn't be in such a mad rush to go and get it. <laughs> that's probably about at level of our skill. We will get a guest on soon that can actually review beers properly. In fact, he does write for a beer magazine, believe it or not. And just shoot the shit. Just shoot the shit. That's what we do. We just talk about stuff and just shoot the shit. That's the that's the phrase. Actually, that's a really good way of putting it because you just basically half the time you're just talking crap, eh? And you just want to get it off your chest, have exactly. a chat. Exactly. So, good for the mental health, too. It is really good. Yep. The next line. We're R&B and Andy G. We're R&B and Andy G. I can't explain this one. It's really complicated. Yeah, yeah, that's the most complicated one of a whole lot. It's... Uh, <laughs> I'll leave it up to you, mate. I have okay. no idea how to explain this. Okay, well, the best thing I can explain <laughs> is that you are Andy... No, no, you're 
Orenby. Mm. Yes. And I'm Andy G. That, that means I must be Andy G. And here's the next line. And this is Tradio. Tradio. Which is also self-explanatory. Yeah. This is Tradio. It's the name of the podcast. It's, by the way, it's the uh, number one podcast on all the top-rated shows at the moment. Um, well, and, that's and, what we're, we're hoping for that anyway. And then you woke up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is Tradio. Trady, Radio, Tradio. That is the podcast. Now, the logo... Uh, which you can see on our channel on whatever podcast uh, platform you're listening to, is actually made up of some of the tools that I found in my garage and a couple of cables and a microphone, which I've got uh, in my studio. So if we look at the logo... I think it's quite clever. My wife had a bit to say about it. She had a bit of input into it because I used, uh, for instance, okay, if, you, if you're looking at the at the logo, and if you're not, grab a copy of the logo and then go back and listen to this bit of the podcast. The first bit is a spirit level with a hammer on top of it. That forms the T. The R is like a couple of XLR plugs with a couple of 6.5mm jack plugs, and that formed into the, uh, into the shape of an R. With the A, I've basically got a vice grip cable stripper which has got a spanner across it it's also a 10 mil spanner i might add as well so that forms the a uh, the d is just a simple d clamp the i is a microphone i think it's my my short c506 is what it is and the o is a circular saw blade might i add i had absolutely no input into this but andy sent it to me as an image and i didn't even bother having to any need to put an input into it because it was so <laughs> damn good well i used uh, a screwdriver i think for the i and it didn't look very good. And my wife said, why don't you just use your microphone? I thought, bloody hell. And that's per- perfect blend too. Eh? You don't want to have it all one yeah, way or the other. It's exactly. All, it's a good blend. The R was made up of something else, which I can't remember. But my wife said, why don't you use that cable over there? So I grabbed it and shaped it into an R. And and, um, and the rest is history. But here's the thing is that the camera on my phone is crap. So the photo that I originally took of this was not very good. And my wife's phone is amazing. So we took the photo with her phone. But what it is, is it was set up on top of our deep freeze. <laughs> we got a deep freeze in the garage, and because the, the lid of the deep freeze is pure white, I laid these tools out on top of it. And what I did is I took the white off and made the image transparent. Yeah. And cut out all the white, and then I can just overlay it onto whatever background I want. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing what you can do when you're on a budget, eh? Oh, dude. It's like, can't afford to spend anything on this, but we'll make it look cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it costs nothing. Yeah. I mean, obviously the cost of the tools, but yeah. half of them are hand-me-downs from my great-uncle who's a carpenter. So that worked out well. So no, that, that's how the Tradio logo came about. And a uh, big thanks to my wife for um, her part in that as well. Yep. Uh, are you feeling a bit Christmassy at the moment? Well, it's getting to that time of the year again. And, and it's uh, cre- it, some, for some reason, it seems to creep up on us a lot faster than it used to. Maybe might might be something to do with our age. I don't know. <laughs> I don't but- know. Maybe. <laughs> Well, this is that Christmas advertising has started popping up everywhere. It's like a trend I notice every year. Like last year, especially 2020, Christmas advertising started on the radio in like June. That's shocking, eh? Oh, I know. But it started a lot later this year, I feel. So October, kind of September, October is when I heard the first ad for Christmas. That's that's more sensible to get it to come through at that time. If it comes through too early, it kind of spoils the mood. Because by the time it actually gets to Christmas, you're bored of it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're kind of over it <laughs> mind you there's also a part of a lot of people saying well buy now because you know avoid the rush etc etc you don't want to be disappointed closer to Christmas because there's not going to be a lot of people going out 
<laughs> you know, with the kind of situation we're living in at the moment. My wife and I say every year after Christmas, we go, right, this year we're going to start buying Christmas presents in like February yeah. and get in early so that we've got everything sorted by the time Christmas gets here. And so far, it has never happened. <laughs> every year yeah. we get to November and it's a mad rush. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just hearing it for all sorts of places and also companies that are, you know, and fair enough to them too, but they're trying to advertise for groups to get together for Christmas dinners, etc. You can't fault them, obviously. There's a lot of businesses out there that want to try and get back on their feet again. But the question is, around Christmas, where are we going to be? How are we going to be looking? Yeah, that's right. We've got to hope we're out of these lockdowns and hope we're all doing our mad Christmas shopping as as we usually would. But uh, well, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, I credit my wife, actually, for a lot of our Christmas shopping. She's incredible with finding gifts for everyone. I'm terrible at mm-hmm. it. I'm one of those bloody uh, Christmas Eve shoppers. Yeah, I'm a little bit the same. My, my wife's pretty good. She does all the gets all the small stuff out of the way quite quickly. Yeah. But when it comes to the major things, if there's some, you know, maybe for our kids or cousins or whoever who's, whoever's going to get a big present, she kind of uh, leaves it to the last minute. And then sort of goes to me, what do you reckon we should get them? Yeah. <laughs> and dumps it in my lap. So, yeah, because yeah, I was sitting there on Christmas morning and the kids were opening all their presents and I'm like, I'm just as excited as you. I don't know what's in there. <laughs> and they go, thanks, Dad. You're like, that's all right. Yeah, yeah you're that's welcome. a good one. <laughs> as I sip my coffee, cast your mind back to episode one where we were talking about how I had this amazing business idea where I could teach people to use their indicators because not many people seem to use their indicators these days and expect you to guess where they're going. You've got to be able to guess where everyone's going. It's just part of being a Kiwi. It got me thinking (laughs) of some unwritten New Zealand road rules, which could probably apply to most countries in the world. Right? Let me start with a couple for you. This is more of a pedestrian rule, but if a car lets the pedestrian cross the road as a courtesy, the pedestrian must do the funny run, walk, and awkward wave. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But see, there's a thing, though, with when I go to cross the road, I'm like, I'd rather wait a little bit for the traffic to clear and then cross, because I think, you know, it's a lot of pressure holding up traffic, because they're all watching you. Yeah, yeah, you're you're the one to blame if everything gets held up. Yeah, exactly. Um, After securing your load on your vehicle, you got to go. That's not going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As being a tradie, that's actually quite a common thing. eh? you go to like go to uh, some of the uh, trade areas. Mm. I won't name any, but you go to some of them and. When everyone's tying down their load, you can almost see them do it, eh? As they walk past the back of the loaded timber, they just give it a little pat and go, yep, yep. <laughs> That's not going anywhere, that one. Yeah, <laughs> she's looking good. A gentle head nod to all the stop-go people as you drive by the roadworks. <laughs> you know, and I think they appreciate... It's common, it's common courtesy, mate. Yeah. It's common courtesy. I think they appreciate the old head nod because a lot of them... I, I, do you know what? I, I always make an effort to give them a head nod or a little wave, but if they don't respond to me, I'm like, you. When you wave to them, you're like one guy in one car and they wave to you. They've been standing there for eight hours and every hour that goes past is 200 cars go past times eight hours... They're sick of waving to people, eh? (laughs) (laughs) By the time they get to the end of their shift, they're like, I've had enough of this. Oh, so what do you do for work? Oh, I get sick of people's appreciation. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, eh? If someone lets lets you go in front of them, flash your hazard lights a couple of times to thank them. I do that too. That's a new one, eh? Yeah? I've never really heard that one, you know? Like, I mean... I drive on motorways quite a bit now for work. You don't really, because you don't have any motorways here. 
but it's a thing. How is it like? Is it kind of like the whole merge like a zip thing? That it let, is. Let you in. You go. Cheers, mate. With yeah. a little flash of your lights. Absolutely. Even oh, if they've okay. even if they've let you in where they didn't need to, where they've broken the zip. You know, where you zip up <laughs> your top and there's like two links and then there's one link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah even you if don't someone, want to be that odd link. No, but if someone lets you be that odd link, give them a thank you with the old hazard lights. <laughs> Better living, everyone. Anyway, this one drive right up my ass the whole way wherever I'm going. Yep, and I have to admit, I've done. You know, being. In the uh, industry I'm in now, I do a lot more traveling on the road than I used to in my old job. And I do find that, eh? especially if you've got a trailer on, people mm. are like, right up your date. And it's like, if you don't move out of that big trailer on, I'm going to jump on the trailer and catch a lift with you. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, it always seems to be, I've noticed an observation, is that it is late model Ford Ranger drivers doing it. <laughs> Uh, another unwritten. We're not, we're not pointing the finger at anything, but we're just saying, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a common occurrence. Yeah, it's a common, a bit of an observation that has <laughs> yeah. been made. Uh, if your car is roughly the same colour as the road, i.e., <laughs> a grey colour, you're not allowed to ever put your lights on, especially when it's raining or foggy. Yep, yep. I was actually saying to Andy earlier on, we were having a little bit of a prep and a bit of a discussion, and I said to him, I was coming home the other night, and it was probably. Oh, I must have been seven thirty, eight o'clock. It was just starting to get dark, and it was pouring down with rain. And there was a grey ute coming along the road, and it went past me, and I hardly even knew it was on the road. Didn't have his lights on. It's amazing, eh? It's it's quite incredible how you can't see them. You know what the problem there is, though. If there'd been a collision, it would have been your fault. Yeah, that's right. It was my fault. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that's the unfortunate part. Uh, if a slow towing vehicle pulls into a slow vehicle lane to let you pass on a windy road, give a friendly beep beep to show your appreciation. <laughs> you know, who hasn't done oh, that? Oh, love it. Yep. Another one here as well. Um, being overtaken is a personal attack. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed on the road that anyone... Anyone who's slower than you is an asshole, and anyone who's faster than you is a hoon. They're a yeah. pain in the ass. Look at this hoon yeah. going past me. Exactly. And it's the same situation like when you get to a passing lane. If you're trying to overtake someone who's doing 85 and a 100, suddenly they speed up to 105, <laughs> and then they slow down again when they get to the other side. Yeah, and don't get me started on camper vans. <laughs> <laughs> well, go on. You have time. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, actually, to be honest, New Zealand's roads have actually improved a little bit because at the moment, with our borders closed, there's not so many foreign tourists on the road, and some of them, some of them are good. Most of them are good. You get the odd one that just they're obviously not so used to driving on our awkward mm. coastal New Zealand roads, and uh, they tend to drive either very slow or sometimes completely on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, it's it can be bad. It can be good. <laughs> some of them must. Some of them in those camper vans must be driving around the peninsula roads, going, "Oh, there's not another car on the road here. It's beautiful. They're all behind you. <laughs> Everybody's behind you." <laughs> mm. Thou shalt flash lights at oncoming drivers after spa- passing a speed camera or a cop. I think the same rules apply if you drive around at night with your headlights on full beam. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody yeah. flashes you for some reason. Yeah. Oh, why? We'll do this one as the last one. When you hit a pack and save supermarket car park, all indicators are disabled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's so good. Hand signals come in though. You notice oh, well. that? You go in there sometimes and you get these people giving these weird hand signals. It's usually like your the middle the hand up with the middle finger in the ear. Yeah. You've seen that hand signal? Oh, it's I quite common that in com- car parks. Yeah. I've actually I think it's universal because I've yeah. used it too. They look quite distraught, but you know, you can't really interpret what they're saying yeah, at the yeah. time. And it works in several countries. <laughs> Universal is the word for it. Yep. All right, there you go. Unwritten New Zealand road rules could apply to many, many countries. Brilliant. Uh, something else that's brilliant too is something I used to do on the radio, which actually was a massive hit with lots of local schools, but we call it... Small talk! And it's our version of Kids Say the Darndest Things, and we thought we'd get our kids to take part in it. Hi, I'm Ashlyn. Hi, I'm Blake. Hi, I'm Mia. Hi, I'm Chloe. What's your favourite thing about lockdowns? Spending time with family. Playing outside. Playing fun games with your family. No school. If you could be the Prime Minister for a day, what would you do? I would ask everyone to give me money. I'd tell everyone what to do. Give everyone a day. Off. If you could be invisible for a day, what would you do? Sneak lots of lollies. Steal my brother's remote control cars. Oh. <laughs> what do you think about your sister stealing your remote control cars? Mean. <laughs> if you had the chance, what one food would you get rid of forever? Cauliflower or broccoli? Cauliflower. Peas and corn. Brussels sprouts. Pretend I'm a genie. If I could grant you one wish, what would it be? You'd be you'd be a pretty good looking genie, actually, mate. <laughs> Why, thank you. To make me the queen. Infinite lollies. Give me an iPhone 13 right now. <laughs> Give me a million dollars. What's the worst smell in the world? Blue cheese. Fish sauce. Why do people get old? Because they've got an old age. They grow up fast. Because if they're 50, they're old. Because you always have to get older. If you had your own country, what would it be called? Ashland. Candyland. Musicville. Why doesn't it hurt when you cut your hair? Because if you're cutting down the bottom, it take, it doesn't really hurt that much. Because if you cut down the bottom of your hair, it's at the bottom so you can't feel it. There are no nerves in your hair. Where does the water go when the tide goes out? Probably back out to deeper in the sea. The moon. If you could invent another day of the week... What would it be called? Candy day. Pass. Pass day. Pass day. Yeah, pass day. I've got one. Day off. <laughs> I've got one too. Beer day. <laughs> if you could time travel, would you go forward or back in time and why? I'd go forward in time so I can see my favourite YouTuber. I would go forward in time because then there would be more fancy stuff. I'll go into the past. To see my younger self. Oh, that's interesting. I'd go into the future because I want to see what happens in the future. What is the hardest thing about being a kid? That you get told what to do. School. Going to bed early. Why do you think we have a day and a night? Because of the moon and the atmosphere spins around. Oh, that's a bit of a serious answer. <laughs> because you need to sleep and you need to be awake sometimes. So night is for sleeping, day is for awake. Good answer. Because if you were awake all the time, you'd be really, really tired. And grumpy like mum. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to tell her, she'll probably listen. Okay, what's your favourite word? My name. What's one special thing about you? That I'm alive. I'm a boy. I'm precious. (laughs) You are. My precious. I'm precious. I'm broke. (laughs) <laughs> Do you not give her enough pocket money, Aura? you got more. you got more pocket money than all of us. Can you tell us your best joke? How to get a okay. fly off the wall. I've got... Tie a fridge to its lead. 
<laughs> this isn't for you. <laughs> Why did the toilet paper roll down the hill? I have no idea. To get to the bottom. Why does six eight seven seven eight nine? What animals are at the bottom of the sea? I don't know, but they must be pretty heavy. <laughs> Why do dogs like watching movies? No idea. Because they like to pause it. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favourite podcast? Tradio! You've got to wonder what's going through their heads when you ask them those questions. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually funny, eh? Like, I think kids... And it, it makes you think a lot more, like, even during, like, everything that's been going on with this whole pandemic in the world, eh? And what kids must actually think is going on. Mm. And sometimes I, I think, you know, as an adult, I'd love to have a kid's perspective on things yeah. because it just would make life so much more fun. Well, that's it. I mean, their perspective on it would just be, yes, they get the whole concept. They semi-understand it. I mean, they do. We ask them. Mm. And they do get what the whole thing's about, you know, which I think is a good thing. I mean, if they were completely oblivious to it, then I'd probably yeah. educate them a little bit on it. So they understand why they haven't been able to go to school for so long and why they can't see their friends. I think they need to know the honest truth because it's something they'll be, they'll be, you know, our future kids, maybe our kids' kids will be tested on in history in future. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, I guess our kids have been tested on the history of, you know, the Spanish flu, mm. you know, and all the, and the other major events along the lines of what's happening in the world at the moment. They've sort of known about those things, but, you know, this is a whole completely new realistic thing yeah. to them, you know. So when you ask them a question about it, it uh, you never know what kind of answer you're going to get because you never know how they're thinking. That's right. And these days as well, you know, September 11 is being taught in schools. You know, something we witnessed when we were a lot younger. Mm. Uh, talking to the kids, actually, my daughter Ashlyn and Mia, they both stayed at my sister-in-law's veggie farm, which is where I'm currently working on the side of radio and voiceover. And um, they, they stayed the night because my sister-in-law is due to have a baby in a couple of weeks and it was like a last chance to go and stay there and hang out and have a bit of fun. And the kids got really involved in the farm, like planting and all sorts. And it was, they did a great job. Oh, yeah, so they got them out on the farm, did they? Yeah, they did. And she paid them too. She gave them a bit of money for it, which I thought was real neat. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, they did a great job. It was actually quite cool to have my kids at work. It's pretty, um, it must be, it's pretty educational for kids to get out and actually plant some seeds, eh? Yeah, and actually well, just see how things actually grow instead of going, yeah. oh, it's growing at supermarket? <laughs> yeah. Where do veggies come from? The supermarket? Um, but no, once the, once the capsicums they planted and the yams they planted are actually ready to go, then we'll get them back to um, pick them. So they can see the whole, the whole thing, uh, the whole um, it's, the process. It's not, it's not slave labour, eh? It's just, no, it's no, they're cheap. paid. Actually, my sister-in-law and her partner who owned the farm, they had a camera guy there who was interviewing them for a documentary that he's putting together. And uh, the kids were standing just off camera. But Dominique, my sister-in-law and her partner Logan, they were busy chatting away, answering the questions to the camera. And uh, suddenly Ashlyn actually wrote on a piece of paper, we're hungry, in big black letters, and showed it to my sister-in-law. And she was busy talking to the camera, which distracted her a little bit. Hard to keep a straight face. <laughs> the kids do that. It's so funny. Because yeah. I saw the sign afterwards, and I'm like, why did you write that? And Ashlyn said, oh, it's because Auntie Dominique was talking to the camera, and I wanted something to eat. <laughs> Can say the darndest things. Yeah, I love it. You gotta <laughs> yeah. love it. Well, one thing we were gonna we thought we'd uh, bring to this podcast of ours was a uh, was Netflix. Mm. Anything good on Netflix at the moment? You know, sometimes, especially at the moment with everyone being locked down, you can you can understand that everybody's uh, spending a fair bit of time watching TV. Netflix is something that uh, my kids seem to be seriously attached to. 
if I took it away, it would be like one of their arms were cut off. <laughs> Do you remember the old days of Netflix where you'd actually have to send away for a CD, a DVD, uh, and they'd send it back to you to watch? Ser- Are you serious? That's how Netflix started. If you, You'd actually get a catalogue. Really? Yeah, you get a catalogue, you look through... Was what- this in the days of wooden wheels on cars or something? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Before they went digital, you'd actually send away to Netflix for a DVD and they'd send it to you in the post and you'd have to re- re- send it back afterwards. It was like it well, was like going to a DVD store except via post. Are you, that's news to me. I've never heard that. I'm not that's, I've seriously never heard that. That's how Netflix started out. Holy moly. Mm. I didn't know that. That's amazing. That's good, eh? Yeah, that's cool. I think, because I never used the service myself, but I'd heard of it. My understanding of it is, is that you paid a fee, obviously. It's kind of like going to United Video and hiring a movie. Exactly the same, except yeah. it was via post. Oh, yeah? Mm. Well, I suppose they, they, they hit the mark quicker than anyone else today because they just went straight digital when everything well, went that way. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But can you imagine if Netflix was running in COVID? <laughs> that wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Too many people touching the DVDs, yeah. Anyway, sorry, as you were. No, no, I'm just saying, you know, man, Netflix has just been a, it's almost been a bit of a godsend in a way. Like, you know, the kids do their schoolwork and blah, blah, when they're in lockdown and then they can, uh, they, you know, we give them a certain amount of Netflix time each day so they can go and watch what they want. But we're sort of more looking along the side of what adults want to watch mm. on Netflix. One thing we want to bring up is, you know, what cool things are on Netflix at the moment. I mean, um, over the past little while, my wife and I have watched a few good series, and Andy and his wife have watched a few good series. One thing that's come up recently that we were thinking about talking about was uh, this Squid Game. It's a new series that's come up on Netflix. But to be honest, I haven't actually watched it. Not, not yet. Not yet, and I will watch it. I'm going to watch it, but we've watched the shorts for it. And it's kind of trending at the moment. There's a lot of people watching it mm. and saying a lot of cool things about it. It's a, it looks. I mean, it's yeah. almost like a bit of a horror in a way. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's ninety percent. I think was it ninety countries that went to number one on Netflix. Really, which is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. So it's a South Korean survival drama television series. And here's, here's basically the synopsis of the whole thing. It centers on a contest where 456 players who are drawn from different walks of life, but each deeply in debt, play a set of children's games with deadly penalties for losing for the chance to win a 45.6 billion prize. I'm not sure what the currency is there. It's not, definitely not dollars. Uh, South Korean one. No, so oh, it's, about, it's about $7.25, isn't it? For, <laughs> yeah. In, oh. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. South Korean one. Basically, it's uh, the, the guy that created it, it's based on the idea of his own economic struggles and the fact that he was in debt once upon a time. It was actually scripted in 2008, and it's taken until 2019, so 11 years for Netflix to pick it up after this guy had been denied by so many other... Yeah. You know, movie uh, companies, etc., etc. They'll be kicking themselves now for it to have gone so big so yeah. quickly. So these people who lose these children's games that they play are eliminated, but elimination, which they don't realise, is death. They die. They're shot or eliminated yeah. in some respect where they don't exist anymore. Uh, within a week of the release, though, it became one of Netflix's most watched programmes uh, yeah, and like I say, 90 countries, it went mm. to number one on Netflix, which is just impressive, and we do have to watch that. Yeah, we haven't watched it, I have to admit, we haven't watched it, but my wife and I looked at the shorts for it last night, and we were like, hmm, looks very 
interesting, very scary and interesting, but yeah. it's like one of those things that's going to grab you by the coattails and go, you know, you've got to watch this, so we're going to watch it. Well, you have to, based <laughs> on the fact that it's gone number one in so many places. Yeah, yeah, and it'd be interesting to see why. Another one I can recommend is something my wife and I have watched and continue to watch and have just found out recently that some of our friends are also watching is Superstore. Uh, picture Kmart or Walmart if you're in America for instance it's basically a situation comedy based in a department store of that ilk it's very good I'm not going to do it much justice by talking about it but let's just say it's kept us hooked now for uh, three no four seasons almost Uh, it's very very funny indeed please do watch it it's brilliant Music documentaries are another one that you and I are into. You've just watched one recently which focuses... You did talk about this in a previous episode. Yeah, I did talk about it a little bit. Uh, It was a um, documentary with Metallica. Mm. If anyone out there... I know there's probably a lot of fans out there for Metallica. I'm a big fan of Metallica. Always have been. Love them. There's a documentary, sorry, out there called Some Kind of Monster. It's a documentary about... You know, what really happened with the band back in the early 2000s when they sort of finished up with a lot of their big tours in the late 90s and all the stuff from their original, you know, their original CDs like Metallica 1 mm. or the Black Album, as a lot of people call it, uh, and Justice for All, Master of Puppets. Yeah, it's what happened when the band started to sort of go, hmm, what's next? You know, what do we do with ourselves now that we've done this big thing? We're one of the biggest selling metal bands in the world. And they did this document. They decided to do a documentary and just film everything they did whilst they tried to record a uh, a new album, which came out in the long run as on probably a lot of Metallica fans out there know it as uh, Saint Anger, which was a pretty cool album, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a it was a probably a two year. It took them two years, I think, to film the documentary, and it was all about their journey along to get from basically being not knowing where to go to being back on stage again as a with their new bass guitarist because they got a new bass guitarist along the way too which used to be the bass guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne oh yeah and he went and it's got a funny story because he went to Metallica Mm. and Metallica's old bass guitarist at the time actually ended up going to play for Ozzy Osbourne so they did like a a swap (laughs) they did a swap yeah yeah so the guy that is now even currently to this day Metallica's bass guitarist joined the band during this documentary and it's it's really neat, man, to see those guys at their core and to see what kind of people they really are. You know, James Hatfield, and he's a amazing vocalist, guitarist, performer on stage, but he is the most amazing family man. And, you know, he's got a group of friends around him that are incredible, just an amazing guy. You know, the, the whole band, they're all amazing, but... To watch that, if you, if you want a good watch, it's probably you know it's a good two and a half hour long documentary, yeah. but it's worth the watch. They are amazing, you know. Something else to watch actually, if you go to YouTube and just Google, uh, or rather search on YouTube, uh, Metallica at a deli in a supermarket. It'll take you to a video that someone filmed of them at a deli in a supermarket where you can buy your meat and your cheese and stuff like that. Yeah. And the guy behind the deli is like, oh my God, it's Metallica. Yeah. And he's playing one of their songs on a big speaker and they're all headbanging away. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a cool, it's, it's a very cool video. Yeah. Go find it on YouTube. Yeah. Well, they are like, there's a lot of that stuff comes out on the documentary that they are really fan-based, fan-orientated people. Yeah. You know, they're... They'll do anything for their fans, mm. and it's pretty cool. Like they're an amazing, they're amazing musicians. Like you try and play the guitar like they do, or play the drums like 
they do it's yeah it's a it's a whole nother level you know music is one massive thing that we have in common yeah as you can tell i get a little bit excited about it <laughs> when i start talking about music i get a little bit carried away because you know for me it's a big part of my life big yeah. part of andy's life and we both Huge. love it yeah, well, we both play instruments, obviously, and uh, whenever we get together, we've got to have a jam session, which we've had many of today, and we probably will have another one again after this podcast, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so uh, let's have a look, because we, we did mention at the start of the podcast that we would have a look at some of the things we have in common, which really helped mould this podcast, uh, and obviously is a massive factor behind why we're such good friends as well. So music, one of those many things that we do have in common, what else is there? There's... Oh, mate, where does the list start? At the top. I should start at the top, and the most important thing that we both have in common, we're both family men, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've both got great families, great wives behind us. We both, you know, we really love our wives and look after our families, and that's one big thing we've got in common. Well, our wives really get on with each other as well. Yeah, yeah, they, even the worst thing is they even just about look like each other. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, I don't know, it's... It's weird how certain people in life find paths to each other and then yeah. things end up being so uncommon. You just think, what the hell's going on yeah, here? This is a <laughs> They they have, um, I remember there was one particular time, must have been a couple of years back, where we came over to visit you and my wife and your wife were wearing the same clothes. <laughs> Their hair was done the same. They yeah. looked identical. Yeah, yeah, we're like, what? Did, did you guys yeah. ring each other before you came? Yeah. What, what was going on here? But nah. What are you going to wear today? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to wear that too. Turns out it was a random event. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. It was amazing. But yeah, a lot of the things we've got in common. I did write a little list. I have to look at my little list here. Mm -hmm. I think uh, music, obviously, being one big thing we've got in common. Beer is another thing. We well, love our beer. Course. We definitely love our beer. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Um, obviously, we've mentioned in past podcasts fishing. Fishing that's a that's a huge thing we got in common. We're both mad keen fishermen, and we could, can't get enough of it. Really. Yeah. Well, obviously, we're hanging out now in person, so we're going to go fishing this week, yep. which yep. would be good. And you haven't gone fishing since May this year, so we need to do it. The last time you were here was the last time we went fishing. Four months and ten days. Yep. And next time I go fishing will be the next time you're here, which is now. So. <laughs> It's like, what the hell? Yeah, but if we'd, if we'd said that back in May, the next time you go fishing will be October, you'd be like, knock this off. I'm going to I wouldn't have believed it. I said, no, nah, man, I'm going next week. I'm going yeah. fishing next week. But it just has not happened. But it is going to happen. It is going to freaking happen. Oh, of course it will, mate. The weather's looking good. Yeah. Mm. Actually, one of the funny things that you and I have got in common is DIY. I actually now run basically like a DIY home handyman sort of building business. Yeah. And I've actually, when uh, Andy used to have his little off days from the radio when he was working, he'd come and do some work for me. Mm. And I'd, I got so confident with his ability to work, you know, his ability to do DIY, just leave him on a job. It was great. I could just leave him to build a deck or yeah. to, you know fix a fence or something like that handy it was great. andy so, i'll give good handy yeah, handy andy <laughs> <laughs> good on you mate <laughs> no it was good fun i, I was yeah. paid in beer which was very very yeah. good so i appreciated that yeah it was good yarning having a chat we're both into youtube watching funny stuff on youtube all the same ridiculous. sort of videos we're both into astronomy you know looking oh, at mate. you know, looking at the stars i'm mad keen on that you know i'll so. tell you one thing we were just saying at some other friends place before we came over to you guys in fact chris birch who we interviewed on the last episode yeah, yeah. we stayed at his place with him yeah. and his wife monica and she has got a fantastic telescope and we pointed it up to saturn we saw Saturn's rings. It was incredible. So you could look through and just be like, yeah, that's Saturn. You can see the shape of it. You could see its ring. Yeah. 
<laughs> Uranus has got a ring as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other thing is we've got in common is what we're just doing. Our sense of humour, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Dad jokes, which is coming oh, up soon. Oh, shocking. Uh, pies is another favourite of ours. Yeah. Had one of those this afternoon. We did. We went out for a pie. Well, we had to go drop some stuff off at your accountants, and then yep. we saw the bakery and was like, "Ooh, let's go there because the fella knows us quite well." And um, <laughs> walked up to the pie warmer. This is this is hilarious, <laughs> you know. And I'm not a small guy. I'm pretty staunch. I'm pretty strong. Pretty strong. I yep. mean, I've got some guns, eh? Um, it walked up to the pie warmer. I couldn't open the door. Yeah, the guns didn't work. No. <laughs> Because I thought, uh, just pulling the door on the pie warmer, the glass front pie warmer, and I thought, well, maybe they've, they've actually locked it shut somehow because of COVID and it's not self-service. When you were trying to open it, you know what I thought? I thought he's so strong, he was trying not to break the glass. He thought, if I pull too hard on this, I'm going to smash the glass on the front yeah. of the pie warmer. Guess what? I mean, you were there, you saw this, Oren, but I just couldn't open this door <laughs> suddenly. Next to me, this little old lady, who must have been about 75, 80... Easily, eh? Oh, easily. Yeah, she came wandering up. She came wandering up and she grabbed the <laughs> handle on the door and just slid it open. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've seen in ages. Like, holy shit. And I, I said, oh, honestly, mate, I was trying not to laugh. I was holding it in. I was like, no, I don't want to make Andy look bad here. I'm just going to hold this in. I said, I said to her, I loosened it for you. And she's like, no, you didn't. I just came over and opened it for you. <laughs> Oh, she was lovely. She was quite funny. Oh, she, she was, was a good lovely about it. Lady. Yeah, but I was just like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> thank you. Should have got her to put my pie in the bag for me, too. Mm. All that effort for a pie. I'm obviously that incapable. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. A uh, quick story of our trip up here, actually, because we had to take two planes. We had to catch one from Christchurch up to Wellington and then Wellington to Tauranga uh, to get up here on the weekend, just gone. Because this is solely just a week to catch up with friends. And um, we're sitting in Wellington Airport, which had, we'd been there for probably an hour and a half. And we were trying to pass the time. And obviously with two older kids who are great with the baby, and a baby, you've got to keep her entertained. Uh, the thing is with that is that you're sitting around a little bit. You're trying to keep her entertained. You're giving her a device in some respects and letting her watch videos, etc., etc. There was one point where I looked at because I wanted to put a, uh, a Bluetooth speaker on on my cell phone so that I could play a bit of music for my daughter to listen to. And I looked at the connected Bluetooth devices and there was some random one paired to my cell phone. Yeah. I don't recognise that. <laughs> I do not recognise it. But there was a part of me that said, well, you've, you've actually got to give Bluetooth devices permission to pair to your phone. Yeah. But I thought nothing of that. I thought, well, okay, maybe, so maybe there's someone around me who's actually got a speaker which is just randomly paired to my cell phone. I thought, okay, this is going to be fun. What I did is I went yeah, on no, to... You probably thought, here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. <laughs> I'm in this busy Wellington airport terminal, and I thought, okay, someone's speaker has tethered to my cell phone via Bluetooth. So I went onto YouTube quickly and found this porn scream. You know, <laughs> have you ever watched a video and someone's given it to you and you've got the volume up and something goes... <laughs> you know that kind of sound? yeah. yeah. I've thought, had a okay. couple of those sent to me. Yeah. My mates are a pain in the ass. So I found something <laughs> like that on YouTube and I thought, right, I'm going to play this at full tip. This is either going to make me look completely stupid or it's going to make someone else look a little bit. <laughs> and I thought, well, this is paired. It's paired to someone's, someone's device, so let's play this. I played it and it didn't play out of my phone. So I thought, great, it's not going to make me look dumb. And then I listened 
and I couldn't hear it playing anywhere else. I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe it's someone out of earshot, or maybe they've got earbuds or something. I was looking around, no one seemed to look sheepish. (laughs) And then I figured it out. It dawned upon me, there's me trying to troll someone else. Well, I actually trolled myself. Because about, (laughs) about two weeks ago, my wife bought me a pair of wireless earpods. And basically, yeah, they're in my bag. So and you didn't recognise the number? No, I the didn't recognise the code. So I, I, I thought, okay, my own AirPods are actually tethered to my phone via Bluetooth. <laughs> so I was playing this thing to myself, but I thought, oh, that's such an opportunity lost. Can you imagine Ooh. if someone had this big Bluetooth speaker a couple oh. of feet in front of me and suddenly it started going, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, I would have been in heaven watching that. would have been brilliant. <laughs> oh, it would have been the ultimate. It, it didn't happen. <laughs> Oh, that was my entertainment for the day anyway. <laughs> Talking of entertainment, the dad joke off. Um, the dad joke off. I actually thought that the way we explained it in the last episode is a bit too complex. I think you and I should just read five each. If we make each other laugh, we'll determine at the end who the winner was. So if I make you laugh, it's a point to me and vice versa. Whoever gets the most laughs will win. But it could be a draw like it was the last time. So we'll get rid of the trophy idea. I think that's just getting a bit too complex. So let's just have fun with the dad joke off. We'll read five dad jokes each. And it's a point to the person who makes the other one laugh. (laughs) And it was a draw last time. It was five all. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we decided that the old uh, trophy was probably not such a good idea because both of us... To be honest, both of us can't control ourselves when it comes to laughing. Yeah, We've got no. seriously bad self-control. And I can tell you that each of these is probably going to be five all because dad yeah, jokes yeah. are great. Yeah. So this is the dad joke off. Here we go. Dad jokes are bad jokes, but actually they're good jokes because we're dads. All right, here it what? goes. So it was five all last time. You led last time. So lead again. Off you go. What's your all first right. joke? How do you stop balls from charging? How do you stop balls from charging? Cancel their credit card. <laughs> 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 Where do dads store their dad jokes? <laughs> In a database. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I thought I'd get my worst one out of the way first because the rest of mine are zingers. Z- oh, yeah. Oh, they're zingers. zingers. They're going to crush you. <laughs> what do you call it when a snowman throws a tantrum? When a snowman throws a tantrum? I don't know. A meltdown. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, this is just going to be a draw. You ready? What's the difference between a dirty bus stop and a sexy crab? <laughs> What's the difference between a dirty bus stop and a sexy crab? <laughs> what? One is a crusty bus station, and the other is a busty crustacean. <laughs> Oh my god, they get worse. It's too old. Okay, this is a stupid one, but here we go. (laughs) How do you tell if a vampire is sick? See if it's coffin. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a spider at the gym. He said it was leg, 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 leg day. <laughs> oh, I love that one. That's good. <laughs> what did the drummer dad name his twin girls? And a one, and a two. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say stick one, stick two. No. <laughs> Why do plants hate maths? 
Why? It gives them square roots. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's four all. Go for your fifth. <laughs> Why do melons have weddings? I don't know. Because they cantaloupe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. All right, that's your fifth and final. Here's my fifth and final. Are you ready? Yeah. Why are balloons so expensive? <laughs> Why? Inflation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Love it. All right. That's good. That's five apiece again. Uh, <laughs> Jeepers. Uh, oh, gee. I just okay. hope we're giving everyone out there a bit of, a bit of dad ammo. Yeah, Any dad's great. listening, you've got ammo now. You can go home and say, <laughs> "This I've got. I've got the joke for you." Yeah. <laughs> All right, time now for a guest. Today's guest on Tradio is a really good friend of mine. Uh, we go back almost a decade. I used to work with him on the radio. He's uh, now moved to the UK and uh, is a very successful uh, radio entrepreneur, if you like, and also a uh, lead singer of a very, very popular band, which we'll touch on very soon. His name is Jared Edwards. Uh, Jerry, you've, all we can see is your podcast radio logo on the screen. It's a very interesting looking logo. I just got slagged off the other day for saying it looks like it's got hairy armpits. <laughs> By a brand designer. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Two years into the company, he goes, oh, hairy armpits. I was like, oh, bloody hell, no, I'll see it. Anyway. I love it, mate. How are you, Jerry? You all right? I'm good. I'm just getting rid of a stupid background I put on yesterday, telling a joke to someone. I'm going to... Is this why we can't see you? Because you've got a really dodgy background. No, it's not a dodgy one. I'm gone. <laughs> you're, su- you're sitting in a grassy field. Yeah, exactly. Oh, very good That's like a shade of... You know, I've smoked some of it. I'm just in my kitchen, you see. I was, hang on, hang on. How's that? Oh, there's your kitchen. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, there's the extractor fan. <laughs> I just realised I never do meetings at this time, so it's going to be morning sun looking a bit weird. It doesn't matter, though, doesn't matter. Oh, how it mate, yeah. it is lighting your face up a dream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you just right. crawl out of bed. Well, no, I'm on a shower, believe it or not. <laughs> no, he just gets out of bed and his hair looks perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you wouldn't know, Andy. Um, I went for a hair transplant to Turkey uh, a couple of years ago. Did you? That's why it looks perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you get up close, it's like you can see it's, it's a bit patchy. Right? Oh. So they took hair from the back of my head. So people are actually looking at me who haven't seen me for years on Facebook. And they're like, is this Benjamin Button? Is he, what's going on? He's getting younger as the years go. <laughs> It's like, I had, no, I had no idea that your hair was thinning out, mate, if I'm honest with you. We haven't seen each other for eight years, so a lot changes. That's exactly, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was a rough eight years. <laughs> Jerry, this is Oren. Oren, this is Jerry. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Oren. Nice to meet you. There's a few different names we do call you, mate. There's Jerry, Jed, yeah. Jared, obviously, yeah. which is your original name. We've got uh, Mickey. Um, yeah. And I never actually asked you if you liked this one, but the in-house scouse is what I used to call you. I don't even know if you actually liked that nickname or not. I never asked you. I, I quite liked it. I don't, I'm not sure many people in Rotorua understood what a scouse was, but, you know, it was all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure as soon as they heard you speak, they probably got it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So, mate, look, yeah. let's let's talk about the radio career. We've got we've sort of got to start there. After you and I were working together at MediaWorks in Rotorua, you shifted down to Timaru and you worked a little bit for Port FM down there, didn't you? And how long were you there for? Um, I did two years on the breakfast show in Port FM. Uh, that was my first on-air gig. I was new to the industry, new to being on air, and obviously I sounded different. I didn't think I'd get the job. 
down in Timaru. When I, when I went down, flew down, two-hour drive from Christchurch to Timaru, found the building, went up these rickety stairs into the office, and I just thought, why have I come all this way? And then um, sitting on, on the wall of the guy who owned the channel were yeah. all Beatles posters. And I thought, oh, no, I've got this job. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> So for casing my accents for years, I ended up going, oh, no, yeah, there's a bit of a blessing in the end. But um, it was good. Timaru was a good two years mm. and amazing. And, you know, everywhere I went for the career to talk boring stuff, I just stole good ideas. And if people were good around me, I just copied them. So, mm. quite, you know, I know some careers, you can't do that. You know what I mean? But with radio, you could. And I stole loads off you. Took that down to Timaru for the oh, ed- editing. Oh, did you? Yeah. Stole loads, mate. <laughs> it would probably be why you were so successful, Jerry. Thank you, mate. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get sacked, which is good <laughs> in radio. So. Oh, good. Well, working for the guy that you were working for, I'm surprised you didn't either. Yeah, me too, yeah. <laughs> um, but the South Island was really different. I know you're, you're down there now, up those ways. Yeah, I'm in Christchurch now. Yeah, not not too far away. I mean, my my first gig, gig in radio was Timaru. I worked on, uh, well, what was Classic Hits, now The Hits, which was actually Port FM's opposition. So OJ, who was hosting The Breakfast Show, uh, was my direct opposition. But it is now more FM. Port FM's been taken over. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the, the live breakfast show is The Breeze, um, sure I is. think. Yeah, yes, which is yeah. all strange. Oren, does radio bore you? Like it? No, mate. No, it's interesting. So yeah. I've actually learned learned a lot about it eh? ever since I've sort of met Andy and come good mates with him. It's uh, it's been a real eye opener to see how much goes into it. It's unusual, isn't it, the radio industry? And I was never one who fell in love with it. You know, some people loved it since they were kids. There's a line about taking a tranny to bed, isn't there? Which sounds awful. But that's what people say in radio all the time. Now, they used to, when they were a kid, they'd take the tranny under the covers and to bed with the transistor radio, that is, of course. Yes, let's clarify that. Um, yeah. Jerry, now you moved back to the UK. It was after Timaru, wasn't it? So radio continues for you? It does, yeah. I went back to Liverpool and I ended up working for The Breakfast Show for a channel called Juice FM, mm. which is a terrible name in a second for a reason. And they hired me to help out with The Breakfast Show on like gimmicks so they put me in speedos with the with the word juice on the back of my ass with these bright purple speedos and i had to deliver <laughs> sausage sandwiches <laughs> it was the worst thing what? i had to walk walk through liverpool so, so i'd come back like i'm gonna be the man when i get back to liverpool and then there i was carrying two bags of sausage sandwiches to like local businesses who'd won the awards and then everyone would just be like there's that juice fm guy and then they nicknamed me the speedo king Everyone was their horn. Well, I had to wash the speedos. It turns out they shrunk a bit and they didn't have a second beer. So things just got worse. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> so this wasn't just your initiation. I mean, you can you did this for quite a while, did you, the speedo? Did thing? it for quite a while, yeah. Doing little things, going to events for them. Yeah, and little things like that. It wasn't always the speedo kink. So sometimes you, have to, you really have to start at the bottom and work your way up. Yeah, bottom was the word, Aaron, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. They make you know very well that radio is full of stuff like that. And sometimes if you want to make your way, you've got to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So with um, podcast radio now, what's what's the deal with your current position? I went from Liverpool, working channels, moved out to London. Mm. Um, and I've been in London now for about seven or eight years. And I ended up managing a couple of two different radio stations in London. Became boring. As I said, I stole good things off people. So yeah. then pretty young, still in my 20s, I became a, a manager of a radio channel. And then one of them said, why don't you design one for us with Chinese money? Which starts getting weird. Um, <laughs> and, and it was soft propaganda. They said, look, we want to have a, a footprint in the UK. We want this Chinese 
funded thing to be like, hey, that's Justin Bieber. What a great artist. Hey, do you know what? I love China. And that's kind of how the station sounded. But well, we did, did it subtly. It worked really well. It was called Panda Radio. It was called Sino. Then we redesigned and changed the channel. And it was uh, Panda Radio. Soft propaganda, the panda stuff. China actually <laughs> sends pandas to Western countries. Do you know that? Real pandas. Really? It's um, it's called panda it's diplomacy to be like, hey, look at this cute little thing. Anyway. <laughs> okay, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. The things you learn. And then it closed. It closed because of the Huawei spying stuff. That is debatable, of course, but <laughs> I won't get too political. And then I knew, for, like a few months later, I knew there's going to be a hole on the air, uh, London airwaves. Um, because I've made quite a few contacts, I thought, why don't I design something for podcasting? Because it's so popular. It's about to boom even more, I believed. And basically, there's loads of companies making them now. And I just thought it needs a marketing tool where people can listen to it around the world, namely on the radio in the UK, yeah. uh, in English podcasting, where it's just kind of curated like a radio channel. And so it is the, the world's only radio podcast thing called, believe it or not, Podcast Radio. That's brilliant. Um, yeah. That's brilliant. That's cool. So you obviously you have a bill. You have so you have every like, all of these different types of podcasts just lined up like a standard radio show. Is that kind of how you structure it? It is, yeah. And I've I've had to go deep into the worlds of investors and audio technology. And I'm like, I go like venture capitalist funds speaking about what's next in tech. And I'm like, oh god, why did I want to end up here with my life? But <laughs> so <laughs> one's all still the joy of radio and creative audio, but then I've gone really into the business world to try and make this thing work. And we're aiming to launch in America, launch in Australia with different business models. You're fi- you're hearing really, really rich content. Mm. Um, but, but when I do talk to investors and say what it is, you can't get your head around what it must sound like because it sounds like anything. It's like a rolling news channel. What is it? News talk has it been in New Zealand? Is that what yeah. it is? You flick it on, it's always the subject of the day or it's always someone having a go at Jacinda Ardern. <laughs> um, that's what it sounds like, podcast radio. But instead, it'll be about um, a high jump final from 1980-something. And then it'll next thing, it'll go, now we're talking about aliens for the next show. And different people seem... It sounds like two different people come and sit in the studio and talk about something totally different. Then we tie it together with a pre- presenter who introduces it to make sure you don't leave. Yeah. that's the trick from radio. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, then we put a news bulletin in because people who listen to podcasts are normally pretty intelligent just for the fact that they're listening to people speak for ages. Mm. Um, And I don't mean academic intelligence, just they're a curious mind. And so we we save them a two-minute news bulletin, just like loads of radio channels, but for the fact that even though it seems great, it's actually more commercial, that decision to say, look, you've been updated. Do you really need to go and listen to the news or read the news elsewhere right now? Because you've just had the latest up-to-date bulletin as of the last five to 10 minutes it was updated. And so they go, okay, well, I'll stick around with what's next. And our listening data, this is really boring for you, Aaron. I'm sorry. Our listening data says, good, because I need you to invest at the end of the call. Uh, No, just (laughs) He's a salesman. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And the listening data says people listen to us on average, so we can see happening in real time um, via our online channels. Our literal listening data that we can see, people are coming back about five to seven times a month, and they're listening for about 45 minutes plus per session. And in commercial radio, it's about 16, 17 minutes. Absolutely. That sounds really good for a company. I found it a few years back. But it's just because other people do all the hard work. And they, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A joke, of oh. course, but they do. It sounds great because they've made great stuff. And the problem with podcasting and the podcast in- industry is how do you get your stuff heard? 
to, to really boil it down. Yeah. We've just started this podcast and we're not doing any crazy marketing. We're literally just putting it out there onto every uh, platform we can find at the stage. And we're doing well. I mean, we've, we've hit quite a few states in America. We've got Canadian listeners, UK listeners, Australia, obviously lots in New Zealand. So it's kind of finding its own way. But uh, I think a marketing uh, a way to market it is something we'll look at a little bit later down the track, maybe in a year. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's really just sharing stories and having guests on like yourself to tell stories about, you know, their life successes and the things that they're passionate about. I mean, we have so much in common and just sort of to bring that back into the room again and welcome Oren back into the chat, mate. We all have one thing in common, which is music. Oren and I uh, jam all the time. Like I'm a piano player. I play the drums as well and, uh, and harmonica, which I've picked up recently. Oren is an incredible guitarist, much like you are, Jerry. Uh, you're a lead singer of a band called The Dark Light. How did you fall into this? You know, I was always in little bands since I was about 18, 19, just for fun. Always the lead singer, of course, yes, with a hairline like mine. Um, <laughs> Stop it. Uh, and then, the guitarist, lead singer, I tell you, you, know, you pull the ladies. So. Well, <laughs> in this band, I'm not allowed to play the guitar because I'm not actually good enough. Andy, you've done me a... Um, You've talked me up too much there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I remember one day walking into the reception area at MediaWorks in Rotorua when we were both there, and and suddenly, like we, we had a client there, which I think was from a elderly person's home, uh, who were looking to advertise on the radio, and you had a few of the residents and the owners of this this rest home in reception. You were sitting on the couch playing your guitar, and you had them absolutely engulfed in what you were doing. And that to me was like, well, this guy's actually a bit of a performer. So that's why I said it, because I was quite impressed with how you can just play out the guitar and just entertain people. I just did it for funsies once upon a time. And um, when I got to London, didn't you know, you look for things to fill your time, don't you? Other than work in a new city. And I ended up just going on one of the websites, maybe Gumtree. And I actually was looking for gigs in pubs because I can play the acoustic and play covers easily yep. enough. Yep. Although once when, when I play the guitar, I find it easier to sing to, right? Because I can make mistakes and cover it. I once sang Wonderwall two chords out when I, when I wasn't playing the guitar. I was fronting a band, just a covers band. And if you can picture the four chords that roll around in normally any song, I started two chords out and I've never seen more disgusted faces from musicians behind me trying to catch <laughs> up or slow down together. They couldn't figure out which one it was. That Got you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just joined this band in London and it's going okay. We've, we're putting a single out. We've got three singles ready to go in the next few months. They're all recorded and ready um, with a, a Mercury Prize winner, the producer, this Japanese guy, um, who I can't tell if hates the band or loves the band, but he mixes it pretty well. <laughs> you know, when you're in the room, you're like, either he likes the music we put out and hates us as people, or he likes us as people and hates the music, but it's <laughs> there is a combination going on. Um, yeah, what, what do you play, Aaron? I play pretty much everything. I've got... A stack like this of books. I just do cover like covers. Um, I've written a few of my own songs just for a bit of fun. I, I've done like a few small gigs, pub gigs. I uh, did a wedding. That was quite cool. I did a wedding cool. for a couple. That was that was actually probably one of the highlights I've done so far. I actually got into it because my wife plays the guitar, and um, when I first met her, she had this crappy old guitar and. She started teaching me a couple of chords, and within no time, I left her behind. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I was I was playing a lot more complicated stuff than she was. So yeah, well, you pull out the Jack Johnson quite frequently. You're very good at him uh, and his style. Uh, also, we play a lot when we have jam sessions. We play a lot of Incubus. Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. Oasis comes out as well as it has to. Everyone, that's like a staple for uh, every guitar player, isn't it? These days, 
always has yeah. been. Um, but yeah, like how many how many clear files have you got full of music? I mean, dude, you've got. To, I think yeah. I've got a backpack full of them that I take to shows and that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, it must be a couple of hundred songs there that I play. One song that we're going to play at the end of this podcast, Jerry, from your band, The Dark Light, we're going to play a song called Machines. A fantastic song. We made a point of listening to a few of your songs last night on top of that one. We will end the podcast with Machines. When we listened to it, though, we picked a sound almost very, very similar to like late 90s placebo. Um, that's probably a cool sound to have. I don't know if it's cool in 2021, but uh, that's the problem, it. isn't it? Yeah, and people oh, say, what's your band sound like? And you always sound really old when you compare it to what you want to sound like, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was a really good song. Do you know what it was? We went into the studio with a drummer who'd never recorded in a studio. When we went in, Shooter is this Japanese guy. And he's brilliant. So I really like him. A really cool dude who's so fantastic at what he does. And I said, Shooter, look, I know you're polite. Just give it to us hard as we're recording here. Tell us terrible things if it is terrible. And I said, what we don't want to do is come out of here with um, music that sounds old. And he said, well, does your drummer play loads of cymbals? And it was a new drummer this time around going into them. And as soon as he said it, I just went, yeah. And he went, we'll get him not to. And there's nothing worse than going in a recording studio for anything. And then just before you go in, changing the plan. And Mm. everyone freaks out. No matter matter how much coffee I was buying people to (laughs) apologise for my... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the things I was saying, because what effectively what we did was we metaphorically tied his hands behind his back. We removed all his symbols. So he played the drums <laughs> and where he would whack a symbol, there was just nothing there. And it put oh. him out completely. Yeah. And then yeah. what we did was re-record the symbols near the end of the recording sessions of the songs where he just had only the symbols. And you'll like this, Andy. If you picture a recording mic in the corner of a room and you play the drums, obviously it hears all of the drums, right? Yeah. And so you mic up drums with six or seven microphones. And when you play the cymbals, you can hear the frequency, that shh, mm-hmm. in, say, the floor tom and the bass drum. And it's only a recent thing, I think, that either shooters developed or other recording artists or maybe recording producers have started doing that you just remove the cymbals completely and that frequency doesn't exist in the drums then. And then when you put them back in, you can play with that cymbal sound however you want. It's not locked into the song because yeah. it's not, it hasn't bled into any other drums. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. And, and, hey, something new I've learned today. Yeah, well, I nearly got punched by this guy, the drummer, by saying, <laughs> look, I just stood there going, no, no, don't play the cymbals. No, I can hear the cymbals. And I, he couldn't quite get that they were going to, the sound of them was going to come back in at the end. And we we're still going to use the instruments, but it wasn't going to be how you play rock and roll on a stage. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, as a drummer myself, I, I, I couldn't imagine playing the drums without the cymbals. It would just be weird. It would really put you off your game, even if you're like the best drummer in the world, I reckon it, it yeah. would hurt. Actually, talking of your music, you guys have got a pretty impressive YouTube channel. Um, some great music videos on there. Were they all sort of one-take type things? or They look like it, but they're not. The, the reason they look like that is and they, all, but they look all artsy. That's because we're paying someone not enough money to come and make them, if I'm honest. We just yeah. like a, And our latest one is a lyric video because I got slagged off for saying we don't like the lyrics. And I went, you're not even listening to them. So I said, I demanded a lyric video where you read it. And yeah. then all of a sudden, the, the, the lyrics seem more interesting because you're seeing them as they pop up and as it says it. And the real reason is it was £100 cheaper uh, to have a lyric, <laughs> a lyric yeah. video instead of a... Interesting, it's me, the Scouse lead singer, the drummer. No, not the, Yeah, the drummer's from the Basque country, Spain-ish. Mm. Um, we've got an Italian lead guitarist and the bassist is from east london like east end 
you know, oh, or yeah. a geezer. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty. It's a really weird mix. That's what makes it tick. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so good, you, mate. You guys actually, uh, you guys out on the road doing any touring or getting around any pubs and doing gigs or? Well, we recorded those songs as COVID hit. The three singles were putting out, and we're just gonna. I can tell you the technique we're gonna use. We're gonna get, just keep instead of going for a full blown album, we're just gonna keep drip feeding effectively singles because we've now got this routine we think works and the yep. music industry changes every five years so we think no one's buying an album no one's listening to a full album potentially arguably from a band they've never heard of so um we've changed our technique and peppered in there will be gigs uh just in and around london the furthest we've ever played is a place called southampton and you're yeah, like yeah, we've got in the, <laughs> yeah we hired a van went down there a beach town in england and we're like yeah here we go we've made it and it was a thrash metal night so we played, <laughs> we played, and I've never seen more disgusted faces looking up at us. Oh, like no. when we sang our really melodic stuff, I was like clicking, and people were like, oh, who is this knobhead? So <laughs> the irony is, we've just had an email back from um, a management agency, and they're linked to Ed Sheeran. So, like, you know, just listen to what they say. Mm. And the guy said, oh, I don't do rock and roll anymore. I did in the 80s, blah, blah, blah. Basically, just saying, I don't have time to take on a new band, blah, blah, blah. In it, he said, interestingly, and I didn't think people spoke this way, he just said, I've listened to your music, I've looked through you guys, you just need a hit. And I was like, oh, just just a hit, just a global phenomenon hit, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But it made you, your mindset changes. <laughs> on, that, on that advice, you go, all right, so hence the putting out songs regularly as opposed yeah. to just trying to... Um, and we've got one song called Guns, which is um, we think might be a hit if we if we get it right. But two of the band don't like playing it anymore. So we're in oh, that type right. of dilemma. Uh, I'll tell you this. Gordon's the song is written about. Now, when I was in Liverpool when I was 18 and I went to become a famous journalist, I had eight months to kill time, see the city I'm from, connect with my roots and all that nonsense and go and go around the UK. And I took a job to fund some of that. And the job was in a betting shop. Right. Oh, right. And I just yeah. I just saw the most disgusting things in this betting shop in deep Liverpool. And I'm from a place called Kirby. And I was going into different betting shops every day. I was like the helper who like, so I didn't have a stable one. Some nice fella had been going around with a sawn-off shotgun holding up the shops, right? Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. And then it then it turns out he'd just taken two pipes, put a towel over them, and cut the pipes in half. So it looked like a sawn-off shotgun. Mm. And I was working with this guy who was also called Andy, big, huge tank of a dude, right? And we were cashing up at the end of the day and neither of us were regulars in the shop. So we're counting the money and you just want to get out of it. And he'd forgotten to lock the door. You think we think we're in a stable thing, piles of cash around. And we just see this, give me all the money. And we lock up and it's this kid with one of these towels over these pipes. And he goes, and he just goes like, looks straight down the barrel and goes, oh, F off, lads. No way. And I'm just like, yeah, you get out of here. It's trying to be all tough myself because I just, <laughs> after living in Titterangi, Auckland for a few years, I think I've got a bit soft, right? So I, I'm just like following Andy's lead. And we both go back to counter the money and Andy goes, ignore him, ignore him. And you could see this kid, he must have been about 21, but he looked like 14, this skinny kid in a tracksuit, trembling. And then the wall just goes between us. And he has a real one. Oh, shit. We're just sitting under the desk, me and Andy, looking at each other. And I'm like, oh, oh. And Andy's like, that was that was real. Anyway, the cops come. And then they take the statements, check it all out. And we get, <laughs> I always regret this. 
the manager of like the area come down and goes, oh, do you need like a week off? How's your head? And I went, no, it's all right. And I went, great, you're in the same shop tomorrow. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Never got any paid leave. Just trying to be too hard. Um, well, anyway, the song's about that. That's where that all ties Holy back around man, to the band. Moly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my word. What a back. That has got to be one of the greatest stories behind a song I've ever heard. Isn't it cool? Exactly. <laughs> and when they said they didn't like the song, I was like, Look, lads, you're going to like this song because it's a good backstory. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Jerry. Hey, mate, look, your time is uh, precious. We know that, and we appreciate you having a chat with us. So go on, give yourself a blatant plug for everything you're involved in. Go. Well, you can listen to podcast radio if you like podcasts like this one. You're probably listening to it. I mean, I, I don't specifically get money from you doing this because I work for the company, even though I founded it. But we do think the thing, if you come and listen, it's a free platform. We think you'll enjoy it. And we don't tie you in too. So it connects to Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast. The point of it is to discover uh, your next favorite podcast. Mm. Um, and I'm guessing Tradio, am I saying that right about the podcast? Yes. Yeah. I'm guessing Tradio will feature on podcast radio sooner rather than later. But people might think it's like a, a Yorkshire podcast because they kind of go on Tradio. On radio. radio, yeah, on radio. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to radio. Um, just so, so it might have a different meaning over here, but um, yeah. so just that's podcast radio for the for the business life. The the, the fun life is the dark light. Uh, and I'm oh, and, and I haven't told you, but I'm engaged to a I'm engaged to a South American woman now. Oh, congratulations! Um, thank oh, you. Yeah, and we you. we met before the hair transplant, so I know she loves me. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a good woman, eh? She's better than me, anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, that's fantastic, yeah. mate! Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. So that's probably it. Um, I didn't intend on talking about the company of the band. I didn't know what we were going to talk about. So thanks for the time, Andy and uh, Aaron. Cheers very much. Fantastic. And you can get your fix of Tradio on Spotify, iHeartRadio, possibly Podcast Radio very soon in the UK and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, with express permission from Jerry, this is Machines by the Dark Light. Check them out on YouTube and see you next time.